Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. You know, guys, we've been going through the Gospel of Matthew, and we've kind of been in chapter 5 for a while. We're going to finish up chapter 5 today in the Sermon on the Mount. But what we've been focusing on is, is in chapter 5, Jesus went through a series of statements. You've heard it said, and I say to you. So you've heard it said, basically what the Pharisees were communicating, how people should be living their lives. But Jesus comes along and says, but I say to you, and typically what he was talking about when he said, I say to you, is how you and I should have a different heart and to do something different because of that heart. And so we've been focusing on all of these different issues. We've called them heart issues. And we've looked at, if you kind of remember with me, we've looked at several so far. We've looked at the issue of hate and anger being murder. We've looked at the issue of lust and adultery. We've looked at the heart issue of divorce. We've also looked at the heart issue of our integrity and who we are as a person. And last week, we, we looked at the issue of our responses to people. When, when people do wrong things to us. Well, today, he's going to talk about another difficult area that all of us can relate to. And that's the reality of enemies. You know what I mean by that? You're probably right now, even just me saying that word enemy, you've got somebody come into your mind. You've got a picture in your mind of somebody you don't like or somebody who doesn't like you. Do you know what I'm saying? You say, I don't have any enemies, George. Really? Trust me, somebody doesn't like you. That's awfully mean of you to say that, George. No, that's just life. You're never going to make anybody happy, right? And the fact of the matter is, is there are going to be people who do you what? Wrong. In fact, he kind of alluded to that last week when we looked at that other heart issue. This week, we're going to talk about what we need to do with our enemies because our culture definitely tells you what to do with our enemies. You could probably tell me what the culture says to do with your enemies. Well, listen to what Jesus says. Let's look together. We're going to look at verses 43 through 48 at this final heart issue where Jesus says, you've heard it said, but I say to you. Let's see what he says here. Look with me at verse 43. You've heard it that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless them who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. That you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good. And sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do this so? 
Therefore, you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Here's what we're going to do, folks. We're going to take these verses, and really we're going to divide them into two sections. We're going to see, first of all, the norm. We see that, first of all, in Jesus' statement, you've heard it said. So we're going to talk about what the norm is today concerning the issue of our enemies, how we respond. And I think we're all going to relate to what Jesus is saying here. But then we're going to look at the second section, which is verses 44 through 48, and talk about radical relationships. Because I want to be honest with you, when we look at what the norm is, everybody's going to agree with the norm. We're going to say, yeah, that's how I respond. That's what we're told. But what we're going to see that Jesus calls you to, I'm just going to be flat out honest with you folks, it's radical. It goes against the norm. In fact, you could almost say, I can't believe he's asking me to be this way. But the reality is, is he is. So let's look at the norm. Look with me at verse 43. Let me read it to you again. You've heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Folks, the first thing I want you to see here about the norm is, is that love is reserved for those we care about. Isn't that true? That's the norm. Love is reserved for those that we care about. In fact, I'll be honest with you, even in Jesus' day, and it's still true today, that we, we have this messed up concept about what love is. We, we even say to ourselves, well, you know, try to figure out who we should love and who we shouldn't love. In Jesus' day, you know, when Jesus said, what's the greatest commandments? Love the Lord God and love your neighbor as yourself. And he said, go and do likewise. One of the scribes and teachers said, well, who's my neighbor? And there's a reason why he said that, because that was an argument back then. They were trying to figure out who not to love. Because the reality is, is there's only so much love, and we don't want it to go around to everybody, right? And even to this day, Christians will say silly things like this. You ever heard a Christian say this? Love you in the Lord, but I don't like you. I love him in the Lord, but I can't stand him. What does that mean? Love you in the Lord. First of all, it's not even in the Bible to love somebody in the Lord, but still be having a problem with them. See, the norm is love for us is reserved for only those that we what? Care about. And have you noticed that changes? Have you noticed that changes? I mean, even, I mean, we don't even have to talk about specifics. We can just talk simply about your family. You know, there are times when you love your brothers and sisters, but then there are other times when you just don't have any love for them because right now you're on the outs with each other. But then you love them again later. See how fickle we are about love? That's the norm for us. We only love those who we, what? Care about. Here's the second thing I want you to see about the norm with us. And, and this, can I be honest with you, is what I hear communicated a lot in Christian circles today, especially if we don't like what's going on. And right now, Christians today in America sure don't like what's going on. So here's what we do. Our enemies deserve our what? Hatred. Our enemies deserve our hatred. That's as American as apple pie and baseball, right? We hate our enemies. And I, I don't really need to talk about that. You, you, all you need to do is just examine your life and think about people that you don't like and why you don't like them. A lot of times you don't even know why you don't like them. 
You just know that you don't like them. And they deserve our hatred. Do you know what I'm saying? So that's the norm. Jesus said, you've heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemies. See, nothing's changed. That's being communicated today in the church. That's being communicated today in our world. That's just the way the world operates. Love those you care about, hate your enemies. Period. They deserve your hatred. In fact, isn't that, isn't that true? Think about that key word there in that second phrase I gave you. Deserve. We actually believe that they deserve our hatred. But see, Jesus comes along, and I'll be honest with you, he turns that up on its head. He comes along, and we're going to look at this. We're going to look at six things that he's basically telling us here that are so radical you really need time to think about it to wrap your brain around it. Did you know what I mean? You really need time to wrap your brain around it because the response he's calling us to is is beyond. So let, let's let's look together at what he's talking about here. First of all, look at verse 44. But I say to you, what's going on here? Jesus is calling us to a different way of life. Hey, you know what? I, I find it so interesting. You know, I've been a Christian now 30 years when I got saved. At 19, I went to a little independent Baptist church in West Columbia, South Carolina. And, and I was there wanting to learn about Jesus and wanting to learn about how to please his life. And, and, and to be honest with you, what I, what was communicated, not necessarily intentionally, but, but oftentimes by the culture was that there was a certain way to be that was pleasing to God. And what was that? Well, well, you had to dress a certain way. So I had to have a coat and a tie. I had to have short hair. Obviously, I haven't gotten away from that one. Well, that's and the reason why I haven't gotten away because it's falling out on top. So it's just got to look uniform. The, the other thing is, is that you had to carry a certain Bible and you couldn't go certain places and you couldn't do certain things like that. And, and as long as you did all of these external things, you were okay. How many know what I'm talking about? Now, here's the thing I want you to understand. But when you read the Bible... You can get blown away. Why? Because Jesus doesn't talk about any of that stuff. He's actually talking about, listen to me, he's talking about what he's calling us to is something radical changing on the inside of you. Your heart changing. You doing things differently out of your heart. And one of the areas that he's talking about here that he's basically calling us to a different way of life is how we respond to people around us. And how we respond, especially to those that we would be considering our enemies. Because the culture, it tells you how to respond to them. You don't give them a time of day. You do everything you can to, to thwart them, to eliminate them from your life. Right? Isn't that true? But see, Jesus comes along and he says, you've heard it said, love your, love your neighbors, people like you, and hate your enemies. But I say to you, I'm calling you to something different. That's the first thing I want you to see is he's calling us to a different way of life. So what's this different way of life? Well, let's take it verse by verse because each step is radical. Look at what he says, verse 44. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, 
Do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Here's what I want you to see, folks. He's telling us a general statement, love your enemies, and then he gives us three specific things to do to love those enemies. We see it in verse 44. All of it I'm summing up this way. He tells us to love our enemies in practical ways. He tells us to love our enemies in practical ways. He makes a general statement. Love your enemies. Now, we could sit here all day long and talk about what does that mean? Well, I love everybody, and I I even love those. I, I love people that I don't like. Yes, I love them in the Lord. What does that mean? Not I mean, we could sit here and be so ambiguous. I don't I don't hate anybody, George. Love your enemies. And, and, and so that you understand what he's talking about when he says love your enemies, he breaks it down into three specific things that you and I can do to show love to our enemies. Because you know what? You can sit there and, 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 and say you love something, but if you don't do anything about it, you know how meaningless that statement is, right? Because if you don't show love, statements about love mean nothing. So he comes along, and, and, and here's, the, here's the thing that is just so flat-out radical, what he's asking you to do. He wants you to love people. He wants you to love them practically. So he tells you three things here to practically love people. Here's what they are. Number one, you bless them. Now, let me just stop for a moment because I'm, I'm in Pennsylvania here. Maybe you don't know this, but I'm from the South. And in the South, we, we bless people. Oh, bless your heart. But it's a derogatory thing when you're told to bless someone. You know, when you're, oh, bless them. No, no, that's usually a derogatory. That's not what he's talking about here. That you would just say, oh, bless you. Blessings in the Bible that are bestowed have implications. You are wanting the well-being of someone when you bless them. Do you understand what I'm saying? So the first thing he's saying for you to do practically to show love for someone is that you need to get to the place where you want the well-being of the one you can't stand. Really? That is radical, isn't it? In fact, that goes against the grain, doesn't it? You think about someone, in fact, some of you are thinking, no way, George, you don't know what they did to me. You don't know what they said about me. You don't know what they're saying about me. You don't know, I mean, you want me to, to sit there and bless them so that they are okay? I want them to fall off the face of the earth. I want the mountains to fall down on top of them. I want them to have four flat tires on the expressway in heavy traffic. That's natural, right? He's saying to you and I, express your love for them in practical ways. First thing you do is you what? You bless them. Look at the second thing he says there to do. Look, look with me. Verse 44, do good to those. So you're not just wanting their well-being to be okay. You're actually, are you ready for this? This is even more difficult. You're actually going to do something physical to what? Help them. To do good for them. I just think that's an obscure passage, George. I think this is the only time Jesus talks that way. There's no other verse in the Bible that says that we are to do this. So I just think, I think we should just ignore this one. No, it's in other places of the Bible. We're told in other places to give our enemy, if he wants a cup of cold water, a drink. 
In doing so, you heap what? Coals of shame on their head. He's calling you to do something radical. And then the third thing, this is the most difficult. I'm to pray for them. Well, I pray for them, George. God zap them. That's not praying. The greatest show of love that you can show anybody, let me just stop for a moment. Forget about your enemies for a second. The greatest show of love that you can show anybody is to go to the throne of God and to pray for someone. Ask God to do something in their life. That's the greatest show of love. Period. Isn't this radical what Jesus is telling us to do? He's wanting us to love our enemies, what, in practical ways. Here, here's the second one. Look with me at verse 45. Here's why he's telling us that we need to do this. That you may be sons of your Father in heaven, for he makes his sun shine, rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. What's going on here? Here's why he's telling us to do that. Loving our enemies is an expression of who we are as a believer. You tell me you're a Christian? You tell me you're saved? You tell me you love Jesus? Well, then tell me how you feel about the people who've done you wrong. I don't know that I can get there, George. Really? You don't know that you can get there? How about if I tell you God can bring you there? How about if I tell you I know that God can bring you there? Why? Because he brought me there. I mean, I was... I was 20 years old in South Carolina. And in September of 1986, somebody killed my dad for 75 bucks. God brought me to the place where I could pray for that man. Pray for his salvation. See, God can bring you there. Did you understand what I'm saying? What he's calling us to is radical. It's radical. But it shows that you are what? A believer. Why? Because it shows, are you listening to me, that he's within you. You're a Christian. Loving your enemies is an expression of who we are as what? Believers, think about it. Think about it. If you're reading the scripture, think about Stephen. He's being stoned, and he says in his dying breath, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. How can he do that? Because he's a believer. Let me just stop for a moment. Let's get practical here, okay? You're here and you love Jesus. That's why you're here, right? But there's somebody you got a problem with. Somebody who's done you wrong. Big time. Somebody hurts you. Somebody is your enemy. 
And you say, okay, George, I know I love Jesus, but man, what you're asking me to do is impossible. I'm going to tell you right now, yes, it is. But he calls us to do the impossible, not in our own strength, but through his strength. And so maybe you need to say to the Lord, I know what you're calling me to do. Help me to love them. Let me just stop for a moment. That's not absolving them of their wrong. That's not removing their responsibility from what they did wrong or what they're doing to you now. That's not removing them. They're still going to answer to God for that. Do you understand what I'm saying? Just like Stephen when he was stoned. You've got to ask God to bring you there. Because when you come to that place where you can even pray for them, It shows you're a believer. It shows you're a child of God. In fact, listen, here's the, here's the next thing I want you to see here. Look, look with me. He says, why? Because our Heavenly Father shows love to all people. We're just following the footsteps of our Heavenly Father. Look at what he says there. This is the point he's making there in verse 45. For he makes his son to rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust. Do you know what I'm saying? We're following suit after God. If there's anybody who's got enemies, it's God, right? And guess what God does? He still responds to everybody who want nothing. And think about it. The world wants nothing to do with God. They're persecuting his saints, his, his believers, his children, murdering them, killing them. And, and he still sends what on them? He still causes the sun to get up in the morning and go down at night, and he brings rain to what? Nourish their crops. He still shows good to them. He doesn't say, oh, I've, I've had it with, with China and their persecution. No rain for there. He still shows good. See, that's what we're called to do. We're called to follow our Father, our Heavenly Father. Here's the other thing. Look with me. At verse 46 and 47. Why are we to do this? Look at what he says there. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? For if you greet your brethren only, what do you have more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so. Here's the point I want you to see. There's nothing great about loving those who are like us. I love everybody, and you mean usually people like you. That's not, there's nothing great about that. There's nothing wonderful about that. But if you love the people you don't like, you love your enemies, there's obviously, there's something different. There's something great about that. There's a reward in that. You're not impressing anybody by liking people just like you. In fact, think about it. We know that, don't we? When we see people reaching out to people who are not like them, we say, man, I wish I could do like that. Well, I can tell you right now why we don't. Because there's a problem with us. We might be prejudiced. We might have an attitude. We might have all kinds of other struggles because they're our enemy. Here's the other thing I want you to see. Look with me in verse 48. Here's what he says, and this is awesome. Awesome. Therefore, you shall be perfect 
just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Here's what I want you to see. Loving your enemies is a mark of spiritual maturity. You want to know if you're growing in Christ? You want to know that you, you're, you're becoming more like him? You want to know if you're doing good as far as your walk in Jesus? Then how are you doing about loving your enemies? Bottom line. That's what perfection is. Perfection here is talking about spiritual maturity. You come to the place of spiritual maturity. This is what he's calling us to, folks. We know what the norm is. Love everybody else just like us, and our enemies deserve our hatred. But he's calling us to something more, isn't he? So what do we do with this? Well, let me ask you a couple questions. How do you treat your enemies? Ouch. I mean, just sitting here thinking about myself, I don't like my answers. How do you treat your enemies? Is your attitude that you deserve to die? Really? Let's let's back up for a moment. Think about that for a moment. Let's get back to the deserve thing, okay? Really? Are we going to sit around and talk about what people deserve and forget about what we deserve? Like, are you perfect? You do no wrong. You hurt nobody. Nobody here has never hurt anybody, right? Nobody here has ever done anything wrong against anybody. Nobody here, you're just totally perfect. You're like Willy Wonker on the Willy Wonker and Chocolate Factory movie, right? Seriously? And we're going to talk about what people deserve? How do you treat your enemies? Think about that one for a moment. Here's the second question. It fits with that first one. Does that retreatment reflect who you are as a believer? Wow. What does that say about you as a believer? Does it communicate that you love Jesus? See, now let me just, with both of those questions, those are not questions, you can answer them right now, but really those are questions that are meant for you to go home and really think about and digest and consider. So what do we do with it, George? Well, here's here's what we do. We're going to ask the Spirit to help you to love everyone. I love everybody, George. No, 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 no. no let's let's quit quit with the statements, okay? When we talk about love, we're talking about being practical in our love. We're talking about doing what Jesus calls us to do. And so the question is, is you need the Spirit to help you to do that because I already know this. I already know this. You don't love everybody. I don't love everybody. And we need help to love everybody. How do you know that, George? Well, pull out of the parking lot, let somebody cut you off, and see how you respond. Oh, I love you! Do that to me again! Right? See that parking spot at Walmart? Yeah, got one real close. You're just getting ready to pull in. Somebody else pulls in real quick. Takes your spot. Oh, you're just, oh, I love you. Right? 
We need God to help us. We need the Spirit to help us to love everybody. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.